When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! Boy. <laughs> and the sheepy horn. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um... Devils are looking good. What's up, boys? We're the Uncle Puckers, Bobby, Dan, Chris. Uh, how you guys doing? Doing all right. Uh, I could tell by the sounds that the Devils did not win their game against Colorado. Seems a far cry from what we all thought they were going to do, at least in performance based on our prediction scores. Yeah, you know, yeah. a little rough. A little yeah, rough. It, it was, um, you know, look, man. This team right now, defensively, is just abysmal. It's just, it's unacceptable. This is really bad hockey that we're playing right now. And, um, you know, I have have a little bit, I guess this will kind of probably be, I guess, our first, um, like, State of the Devils episode, right? I mean, Dan, you and I did them a little bit when we first started a little bit. I think we... Kind of, you know, when you guys joined us, we were close to the playoffs. I don't think we did it so much because we were just kind of, uh, you know, talking about all that excitement. But like the actual state of the Devils and where they stand and what they're doing and what they're doing good and what they're doing bad. Mm-hmm. We have uh, forty six goals for so far this year. The league average is thirty eight. Okay, so we're yeah. we're above in that. We're we're Definitely. sixth in the NHL in goals for. Very good. Goals against. Yeah. We have 44 goals against. The league average is 38. We are 25th in the NHL and right now only have a goal differential through 12 games of plus two. Yeah. And it's it's kind of amazing that they have a 7-4-1 record uh, when you really think about how many goals they gave up. Uh, You know, they've won a lot of high-scoring games. That's what it means. And. You just you know that's not a recipe for playoff success, and you know it's not a recipe for you know winning the conference, the division, or you know even necessarily making the playoffs. Something's got to get better. Yeah, you're saying playoff success. I, I think right now this team should not even be thinking playoffs. About playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they need to be talking about you know how they're going to fix these problems because they they have legitimate problems. Our our power play is still clicking at forty one point seven percent. That's good for first yep. penalty kill. We did. I think we were like 26th or so last week. We did move up a little bit. We're 19th, 76.7%. Okay. We were fourth last year. We finished fourth in penalty kill last year. We're 19th. Yeah, that's a big fall off. That's, Explains that's a, a lot of fall. the problems they have right now. I don't know what our shorthanded goal, uh, but after last night's or last, yeah, you know, last, last game, I, I was just thinking we have to do better on shorthanded goals. I mean, that was pretty. 
pretty poor. I mean, then let's let's talk about our goaltending. Yeah, I mean, okay, look, uh, overall, the, the numbers don't lie. The, the goaltenders are not playing that at their very best. But there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. Um, and I let's just take, for example, Colorado's game. I will argue with anyone who says Vanacek had a bad game. I think he had a fantastic game. I, th- I thought he made some amazing saves. He held them in there. Way too many chances. Way too many high-quality chances against him. 13, I think. Right, and it was ridiculous. You should not have such high-quality chances in that number and expect to win any games, and I don't care who your goaltender is in the league. And I thought Vanacek did a great job keeping them in the game through two periods uh, in a game where they were so sloppy they didn't deserve to be tied with Colorado through two periods. I agree. So, you know, have there been other games where maybe he could have done better? Sure. Has Schmid, you know, not come out and and impressed? Absolutely. So, you know, goaltending is not like – uh, you know, uh, out of the question could be improved, could definitely be improved, but I see our defense is the bigger problem. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I know people don't put a whole lot of stock in the plus minus anymore. I actually do. I do think it's an important st- stat. I mean, in a, in the bigger, the big picture of things over the course of an 82 game schedule, I do think it does. It is important because it will kind of tell you, you know, who are your stronger guys? Who are your weaker guys? Do you know how many guys on this lineup? I'm going to ask you guys to just guess. How many guys in this lineup do you think are are a plus? I'm going to go uh, you're talking about two, defense, two to or? three. No, no, no. The whole team, Dan. 20, 20 guys. Team? Who's a plus? Oh, yeah, a team that has a 7-4 record, you got to think it's more than two or three, but I'm kind of with Bob on this. I don't think we have enough, that's for sure. Two. Wow. It's two. Two. Yeah, it is. And they're way. both plus one. Right. And it's Michael McLeod and Jesper Bratt. Get out of here. We do have five guys with uh, that are even. Okay, uh, the only only three of them have played uh, a, yeah. a significant amount of games with the team, and that's Eric Halla, Luke Hughes, and Curtis Lazar. Um, Wilman and Nosik also come in at even, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, they just Nosik played two games. Played. And game I, I, I think they both only played like two or three. I, games, I don't even think they factor in right now. Uh, but you know, we we gotta we gotta talk about fixes that maybe need to be done. I mean, yeah, the defensive I mean, the pairings are not working. No, right, absolutely. The first obvious. game without Hughes, they they pulled it together, and it looked like they were going to go down that road of team play will win the day while they're gone. Uh, but you know, they went back to showing exactly why this team only has a seven four record because of the amazing score and talent of guys like Hughes and which we said you know they they, they're gonna have to outscore their problems in the beginning of the year until we thought our young defensemen meaning mostly you know only really Ball and Luke Hughes would need a little bit of time to just kind of get into the system right Ball and Luke Hughes are not our problem it (laughs) is the other uh, uh, you know guys I would have never believed would be so consistently lackluster this season I mean they're 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 soft there's no fight. Nope. I mean, th- this is just the, the, the truth. The, you know, that their forecheck is pitiful. I mean, maybe yeah, the Lazard line thing? can can get some kind of forecheck going, but they don't. Uh, they they're missing their transition passes to even build off any kind of offense. Like they just, this is not the team that we all signed up for. That thought really thought that we were get, getting this year. This is this is, yeah. I think, pretty bad. I'm just kind of shocked with yeah. Siegenthaler, Marino, how consistently out of position they've been. 
Uh, I mean, you had one play. I'm trying to remember if it was the fourth goal for the Avs, uh, third period. Uh, you know, they give away a breakaway bad enough, and Anacek makes a, a really good save, kicks it back out. The, the trailer gets the puck. I mean, Marino, the defenseman, was the last one in the zone. He's our defenseman. He was the last one in the zone, and he, like, just limped in there. And I was, like, shocked to see him, you know, playing so far behind. It was just, you know, that kind of stuff should not happen. I don't know what's going on with him, with Siegenthaler, but they need to get it together. Bob? I can't quite figure out what I'm watching, to be honest. I don't know if it – like, it can't be strictly the compete level because you'd think that they would just find a way to get that gear going – um, line mates, like, is the chemistry not there? I mean, some of these guys did play together last year when they had fantastic years. So I just, I'm really kind of confused at what I'm seeing. Um, I'm still the guy who's sitting here saying, listen, it's early in the season. We're still in third place in the Metro. They've shown what they can do. If they could just put it all together, they're not even all together, mostly together. The problem is they're not even doing that anymore. Um, this team could be so much better. It's, it's incredible. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss. I, I mean, I am too. I, I really like, I'm watching this game, the Colorado game, and I didn't stay up for the whole thing, but I watched the highlights. I watched the first period live. And yeah, it's just no effort. It's like, you know, these guys, and look, I did this team just basically just, uh, you know, ride Jack's coattails and basically he was, you know, cause it does seem like that, right? Like he goes out of the lineup. Nobody's saying, look, here's my other, like, where are our leaders? Who, let me ask you, who are our leaders? Because I know we like to say the plots and the Toffoli's and those guys, but, but are they, I mean, I mean are I they leading? Know. Are I they taking happens you know, in talk- the locker room? But I t- will tell you, Palat was one of our better players last game. He's been, I, I give you him know, a, he a lot of ton of credit. So but I like, have a hard time knocking him, but I get your point. Where are the leaders? You know, like this, this should be, uh, you know, certain guys in this locker room should be uh, just as dis- a leader. Yeah. Disgusted. No, he, and they should be was, holding account everybody in, on, in that lineup. And I don't know if that's happening. And I didn't I'll be see him have a fiery you. game against Avs. I didn't see Hall really like raising his level. Like we need him to right now. No, no, there was none of that. You know, I know that we'd say it a lot. Tony harps on it a lot, you know, how soft this team is. And, you know, I think the first half through this, you know, first halfway through the first six games, maybe halfway through these 12 games. Yeah, I was kind of like, ah, you know, it'll, they'll be all right. I I don't know. I don't, they are soft. I thought the same thing. I, I thought little by little it was coming around. We did all the analysis over the summer too. We know how they physically actually got bigger and how, you know, this guy being a little bigger, this guy being a little tougher, how it should, the sum of all those small parts should add up to a more significant heavy game all around. Eventually. We haven't got that from Timo Meyer and others. We haven't really gotten it from most. And Timo, yeah, Timo's a prime example too. Not only have we not gotten that, he, he's gotten nine points and he's a minus nine. Now here's a guy, kind of. I think back to like the – Remember, like, the early years of, of Malkin and Crosby? Like, we know Crosby is the better player, but Malkin's no slouch, right? But he always picked up his game so much when Crosby was out. Like, right. he would like, – his production would go up, and then Crosby comes back and it goes down. I don't know what that is. It's kind of like defer to the 1A guy. I don't know. But you would think with a guy like Meyer, but these two main guys out. Well, what it like, is, oh, too, yeah, this is, is my turn. 
but yeah, and that's what it is too. It's it's when when a certain you know everybody has their jobs to do, and the bottom line is you know now you're getting an opportunity. You know that's the other thing. Like there are a lot of guys getting opportunities now. Opportunities on the power play. Opportunities, you know, in, everybody you know, moves more, up. more minutes and everything like that. And who's stepping up? Right. Who's who are the ones that you know? It's it, and and not only that, like. I know where you're going with that. Like, this is a time where Timo needs to be that guy. Right. And to be fair, he had a goal. And, I get it. But to me, Timo is not the guy that needs to be that guy right now. That guy mm-hmm. needs to be Jesper Bratt. Well, that's you, a great point. You know, you're, 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 I think, fifth in the league in scoring. Like, dude, this is not your disappearing act time. Like, no, you, you said gotta, that when Jack was injured. Bratt cannot go missing now. Yep. And it's it's fallen off as quick as it started too. That's yeah. the thing. Like we can literally see this going another three four games. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that he sure comes back. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come back tomorrow against the Capitals. Um, I, I'm hoping that he does. Maybe maybe he's you know he is our captain. Maybe he can be that anchor to kind of get these guys back to playing some competent hockey because right now they're not. And I don't. I know. Like I don't want to be this like you know, the fire Lindy guy, and I'm not going to say fire him, but I think we have to really start talking about, is he doing what's best for this team, right? Like we have kept the same defensive pairings together for 12 games, basically. And they have just steadily gotten worse. But I haven't heard him speak much on that in in post, in uh, post game interviews. I actually heard more from uh, Fitzgerald recently about how, you know, he was not satisfied with it. He says it's developing and, you know, it didn't offer any great information, but I'm really curious, you know, where is the team defense plan uh, or the state of the devils in Lindy's plan? How satisfied is he with that? Like, I just want to know that there's a better team defense plan coming from Lindy, right? I'm starting to get a little nervous that Lindy's thinking we're going to outscore our opponent. And even if it takes double digits, we don't need defense. Uh, It's I'm sure he doesn't think that, but I would love to hear it from him. Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's talk about a team real quick that I think is playing phenomenal hockey right now, and that's the New York Rangers. Yes. And the reason that the Rangers are playing such great hockey, and I give you know, they, Gerard Gallant had this team playing north and south, had them run and gun with the likes of the Devils and the Canes and the the the, the Maple Leafs and all all these other really fast teams, and they couldn't keep up. Peter Lavalette comes in this year. And he basically looks at this team and says, all right, you want to play your speed game, you're going to lose. You're going to play defense. You're going to, you know, we're going to play a 1-2-2. Two, two. We're going to use our speed and, I mean, our skill uh, to, to be a good power play. We're going to get up on opponents and we're going to lock it down. And every single dude so far, and I know 12 games in, have bought into that system and have yeah. been playing really, really good hockey. Look like and a totally different team. And they look like a different team. And, they look uh, like a playoff team. They look like a team do. you don't want to touch in the playoffs yeah. um, right now. And where is that from us? Because I, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with the. Well, we don't have the players. I don't right. believe that it's a personnel problem. Absolutely, I'm afraid they've overcorrected for having such talent to think that you know. I mean, in other words, look at it this way. I kind of, and maybe it's because we're old school Dell fans. I kind of like that attitude, whether it really is what Lavalette's uh, saying to the guys or just your interpretation, I, I tend to think you're right. But I, I think that attitude for our guys would be a fantastic fit because when you have guys this talented working to clamp down on games and they score at twice the rate of a, as a team 
with the talent of the Rangers, you have a not only a playoff team, you have a Stanley Cup contender. And, and if you, you know, we need that from this team. We, we cannot say, listen, this is amazing talent we got here. These guys are going to score. Don't worry. And we, know we all know that offense comes from sound defense. You get it. Yes. You know, when you're getting the puck out of your zone quickly, it's causing odd man rushes possibly. You know, you're causing more offensive zone time. Like sure. we are getting trapped in our zones. We are, you know, we can't get the puck out. We're making stupid play after stupid play. And then, you know, when and then when we're trying to do the best part of our game, which is our transition, our entry, our offensive zone, especially against Colorado, we're coughing the thing up left and right. You know, like, I mean, it's it's just this this is just sloppy, sloppy hockey. Yeah, that's and, the one word that kept coming to my mind. This is the sloppiest they've been all year. Yeah. Last game. And, At you know, time, I, they, they need to change that. Yeah. Some of this comes on the coach. I believe it, that. It has to. They, they are definitely sloppy. And I think in total, we certainly haven't seen the team that we thought we were going to see. And I know everybody gets injuries. But just to look at the other side for a second, I mean, literally our centers are flopped. I mean, we have Michael McLeod as our first line center. There was a lot of guys that have reseeded. And I'm not making an excuse that it takes a long time to gel and all this. I'm saying that they should still have the compete and the where you think you take a guy like Mike McLeod and say, Hey, you're a heart and soul type of guy. Just go up to the first line and do what you do, but it is going to wind up being different. And it really has kind of reset everybody. So you take away that energy and that kind of special uh, ability of that fourth line, you know, to come out with all that energy like they used to do last year and how much that can Mm -hmm. set up skilled lines. And now you don't really have that either. So in every stage and every line change, you're, you're just a little off. I think that with a little bit of time that should go away, but what's more concerning to me is what I put in there that these players aren't, showing me the compete regardless of where they are in that line. You know what I mean? Right. I don't care that you're the 1A center right now, Mike McLeod. I still want to see you driving like you've always done and just kind of being an engine. You make a good point about the, them offensively needing a little time, but aren't you kind of surprised that you don't see the urgency on the defensive side? That's of the what I was just going to say. What you yes. say, it makes perfect sense offensively, but that's not their issue. Their issue is, like, Mike, these guys should still be playing defense. They're not. Like, they're just right. – I don't know I don't know what it is. Is it just that their offense is so bad now that they – you know, without these two guys that they – they're they, maybe are they overcompensating? They're trying well, too know, hard they're, on they're, offense. It's causing mistakes. Maybe they're chasing and, a lot. Because instead of us leading the game and, and taking charge of the game, right, we're constantly – now we're the team that's always that step behind and it just throws you off the whole way. We're chasing the whole game, regardless of the score. You know what I mean? It, yeah. We don't ever seem like we're owning the game. We're not controlling the game five on five. Um, and no. when you're not doing that, that means you're following the game. So now you're even and more out of line. I just think they don't know how to win a dirty, ugly game too. Like you're right. They, their game should be to do exactly what you're saying get on top, control the game. That's what a winning team with superior talent should be able to do. So I'm with you. But I also feel like a, a team that is successful, especially through an injury spate, needs to be able to win some ugly games and do some gritty stuff. And we're going to play you know, stronger defense because we realize, hey, we're coughing the puck up to Nate McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche at such a high rate. There's no way we can win this goddamn game. you know. Right. And that's the part that is like, frustrating because I never saw that urgency on the defensive side. I'm not just picking on the defensive core because they were not great, but you know, as a team defense, I just don't see that hustle uh, in our own end. Let's put it that way. 
Well, there was a a little bit of rumblings that the Calgary Flames, who are not doing very good uh, right now, are looking to possibly get rid of a couple of D-men. And um, Mm -hmm. there are a few dudes that are names that were brought out. All right. Noah Hannafin was one. Okay, he's 27. I don't I haven't seen too many of these guys play. I have to just say I don't watch Calgary very often. I know the name. Um, he's big boy. He's 6'3". He's 207 pounds. He's got two two goals and four assists this year. He does make close to five million dollars a year. This is the last of, year of his contract. So even if you're just looking for a rental, it's not going to cost you nearly that. Um, the next guy was Chris Taniv, That He's 34, 6'2", 193 pounds. He has two assists this year. He also makes 4.5. Uh, Nikita Zadarov is 28, 6'6", 250 pounds. That's a big boy. Four <laughs> assists, 3.75. And the last one is Dennis Gilbert. Or Gilbert, I don't know how you pronounce it. 27, 6'2", 216. He has one assist on the year. He makes 775K. Um, they're all minus. Minus six for Hannafin, minus four for Tanev, minus seven for Zadarov, and number minus one for Gilbert. Um, you know, Flames aren't very good, but do you guys think it's too early to even think about possibly making a trade for a solid big defenseman that can, you know, be more of a stay-at-home dude? It's never too early to improve your team when you have this kind of a glaring weakness. See, I, um, I, I read what Tom Fitzgerald said, and to me, he sounded uh, – I mean, if you can get a person's reaction from an article, but it seemed to me like he was disgused. It seemed yeah. – and he didn't just throw out That's the – you know, he didn't, when they mentioned about trades, trading for somebody, he basically said, you know, I'm always looking. Oh, yeah, I mean, and that, you should. You know, and, and especially for some positions more than others, the Brendan Smith – is you know experiment here is not working out so if you could replace him uh with the guy that you think has a better upside i think that's a movie pull the trigger on right away because we don't i don't think we're still developing a relationship with brendan smith we needed him to perform and we need him to perform basically now well, right we don't have the patience, 17 years dan i mean exactly. give the guy a chance right exactly so you know this isn't luke hughes you know this isn't you know kevin ball um those guys we're we're going to hold on to. We're going to develop, and like, it's funny they're really not the problem here. I am concerned with like, oh, John Marino. He's not been good this year. Let's get rid of him. Hold on a second. Marino is a real talent. I, I need to know what the hell's going on with John. If I'm Fitzgerald, I, I'm talking to. Is something wrong? What, yeah. what, where did John? He's the biggest surprise defensively. The biggest, um, you know, letdown for the team just because. Uh, the Devils fans, and I think rightfully so, any hockey analyst would say John Marino was a stud last year. You know, if he plays, you know, 75, 80% of that level, you guys are going to be perfectly fine, uh, you know, defensively with him. That has not been the case this year. So, I mean, like and then Siegenthaler. Part two. Sure. Siegenthaler's been a, a you know big part of his team. He's got one of their core guys when you really look at what they've done with contracts and everything else. And that's looking a little bit like, you know, not such a great move. Not so. Not such a big payoff. Uh, he has been good at times, but he's been very inconsistent this year. And um, you know, maybe not quite as surprised at his play as Marino, just because Marino started at an even higher level in my estimation. But uh, again, not doing great. 
are we going to replace Siegenthaler and Marino with those guys you mentioned from Calgary? No. I don't think so. I don't think we should even try at this point. I think maybe if we could make a move on a guy to replace Smith in the lineup, I think that would be a positive. I think Smith is the guy that has to go, and we've been yeah. saying that pretty much since, like, game four, that, you know, why is he still in the lineup? Like, even in Utica, we don't have anybody that is that bad that we that. can call up. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be somebody. But, I mean, I think – and also, I you know, if you were to pull the trigger on a trade this early in the season, um, which, of course, is probably most likely not going to happen – but if you were, that also sends a message to this team. Sure. You know? But you know, I'm worried about the wrong message, too, because the defense, I would say, if you're going to take three possible categories, positions, forwards, DV, or goaltending, the defense is the thing that has to change the most, the fastest. Absolutely. But it's a, really a team defense right behind mm-hmm. that. And, you know, forwards, I know we have injuries, but we need coaching and certain players on that team to lead on how the forwards are responsible for a team defense and being part of the solution to the defensive problems. Because especially with Nico out of the lineup, or, you know, he's our sulky guy, absolutely. Um, it, we knew we were going to look for more from these guys. And we've actually, I feel like, gotten less uh, in these last few games. I, I mean, I know that, like, Marino and Siegenthaler and Smith are, you know, our three problem defensemen right now. But Dan, I could not agree with you more. And that's this comes down to it. This is a team problem. It's not right. just our defensive pro- guys' problems. Yes, Brendan Smith has been bad. Yes, yeah. I would like to see him replace. You're making a big mistake to pin it on just a goaltending, just right. a D. It's it's a team defense. And problem. this is why I look at Lindy Ruff. Like, mm-hmm. what is the plan? Who are we? You know, what's this team's identity? Because I don't know. I mean, it was for for ten games. Our identity was Jack Hughes. Well, now Jack's not in the lineup. And what is this team without Jack Hughes? Because they don't seem like they are anything. They have no identity. You you can go in. like You don't know what you're going to get from night to night. There's no consistent play. There's, you know, there's nothing. Like I saw this team last year was one of the best five-on-five teams in hockey. Right. And, and Hughes was out a couple of games, and they didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And they just and kept Jack on rolling. so much heart. I understand how you're missing a lot of that heart right up there in front. But you know what? I've never thought of him as a linchpin to our team defense situation. No. You know, his energy is great, and I'm not saying he hasn't pitched him when called upon or he's defensively a horrible you know, player. Not at all. I'm just saying he. I've never thought his job was to be the defensive leader on the team. And, you know, maybe more Nico for that. I get it. Nico has been a great defensive forward when called upon, and that's kind of been his role. But, you know, I think we should have other guys to do that too. To, to You know, Eric Hollow should be our guy with this. Um, you know, other players who have the capability and we don't think of them primarily as defense. You mentioned Jesper Bratt. You know, let's face it. He's got all the talent in the world. If he wants to pitch in defensively hard for his team, he can. Don't forget, some of the greatest players, when they need to, even though nobody thinks of them as defense, will play a tough-ass defensive game. Think of Sidney Crosby, right? He's he's done that for his team. When he needs, you know, his team needs uh, defensive commitment from forwards, He'll risk his body as all the talent in the world. He doesn't mind. And Until we'll Jack. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just despite, you know, effectiveness on defensive plays or the amount of times they find themselves there, the intangible of like coming through at crunch time, uh, that's what we need from a guy like Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt could be the number one player on a lot of different teams on paper. 
but you know, this is part of his game. He needs if he's ever going to be truly great. Yeah, I put it. I put a lot of it on coaching. But Bobby, yes, sir. You got a game or something you want to play or try? A little bit of a segment, an idea, a segment. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to see if it works. All right, what is it? So I have acquired basically a calendar. For every day of the year, it's got something to do with the Devils. Okay. Most, some of it's trivia. Some of it doesn't really work, but some of it is a very specific moment in time. What I'd like to do is have a little segment about the the Devils being more relevant than the Rangers and perhaps some of the NHL. So what so I'm going to do like each your, week. Your day in Devils history or something? Is that what we're kind talking of. about? It's, it's not quite oh, that like robust. It. So each week I can go into this calendar and try to find something that we can compare to the Rangers or the rest of the NHL by Googling something like this day in hockey history. I what see. we're going to do, this little game, is to see if the Devils are more relevant than the Rangers and perhaps the NHL in general. And we can keep score. And I will give you the first example because what we can do is have everybody read or have everybody try to Google something better than what I have in front of me right now. Now, I've never Googled. I've been asking Jeeves. Can I fly too? You can ask Jeeves. All right. What about Bing? Can I use Bing? You can ask Bing. Bing. So, for example, on this day, on November 9th, 2001, Patrick Ilyas scored three goals including the game-tying goal at the 19-minute and 20-second mark of the third period and the game-winning goal in overtime in the Devils' Mm. 3-2 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, I then Googled this day in New York Rangers hockey history, trying to find something similar. I could find nothing for this particular day. The closest I could find was the beginning of a three-game losing streak between November 6th and 10th, where they lost 6-3 to the Canes, 2-1 to the Flyers, and 5-4 to the Oilers. This day in hockey history, Devils 1, Rangers 0. All right, so we start out with a big win for the Devils. So then I took it a step further. I said, well, all right, that's Devils against the Rangers. Let's see how we stack up against this day in NHL history. And this I found an exact day. On this day in November of 1957, let's see, Claude Prevost of the Montreal Canadiens scored the fastest goal to start a period ever at four seconds. Now on the surface, I'm thinking, I think that's got Patrick Elias's hat trick beat. Then I went on to read that since then, it's been tied by Dennis Savard and JVR of the Flyers. So now three people have scored in four seconds. Therefore, it's irrelevant. Happens too often. Point Devils. Devils are more relevant than the NHL and the Rangers. I agree. I I will vote along with you when it comes to that, Bobby. Definitely. And on this day in hockey history, yes, the Devils definitely seem to have the – the advantage over the entire NHL in the hockey entire world. NHL. Now, tomorrow in hockey history, the first NHL penalty shot was awarded to Montreal Canadian forward Armand Mondeau, and it was stopped by George Hainsworth of the Maple Leafs, and the Maple wow. Leafs won two to one. Is that more important? Well, see, more here's relevant? how I was trying to the first ever penalty shot, but that's also conceived. tomorrow. When, before I actually went ahead and, and got this data, I was testing it first last month. And when I Googled this day in hockey history, I was getting successful hits on the actual date. Okay. So I thought, I just assumed that was going to work. And well, then I sure enough, I started with this one and it did not pan out. So first I had to pick this week from the 5th to the 10th 
and pick oh. one of the things. Okay. And then if I can't find an exact date, like in the case of the Rangers, I'll just pull up anything shitty they've done so we can throw it in there and get the win. But yeah. I am trying to find it. Oh, I see. For this you're date. taking this whole game. You're, you're waiting. <laughs> it's slightly biased, <laughs> slightly leaning towards the devil, well, but I, it's I, a devil's podcast. So. This is going to be tough to beat. On November 9th, uh, in 1620, the passengers and crew of the Mayflower sighted Cape Cod. <laughs> this led to the founding of Boston and the Boston Bruins. So it's a day in hockey history. Pretty profound so, day. I still vote for the Devils. Are you? What, maybe what you're suggesting this? it's the Devils versus the Rangers, the NHL, and then the world? Yes. So just the Pilgrims. <laughs> the Pilgrims. Fuck those Pilgrims. Sheila, they bought their tickets. They knew what <laughs> they, they knew were what getting, they're into. getting into. I say, let them crash. Just sorry, the Mayflower. That's right. Roanoke. All right. Um, I like that game. Come up with a name for it. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll try to come up with it. You know what other I game think I a like? nice long name. Like the, Yeah, we'll figure it out. Super you know what other game I like? XB I don't know. What other game do you like? I like football. Oh, I'm a big wow. football guy. There's actually yeah, I football. you do. <laughs> there's, fo- there's football being played right now as we speak. The NFL is putting the two juggernauts of the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears one-on-one tonight on Thursday night football with Al Michaels calling the games. I just have to bring this up. Have that. you guys watched any Thursday night football? I'm sure you probably haven't. Not in your prime. So Al Michaels does the play-by-play. All right. Famous Al Michaels, who so obviously is phoning this in for a fucking paycheck nowadays he has zero interest in calling these games. I mean, if he was this way in 1980, this would have been the call at the end of the Olympics. And the United States has just beaten Russia to go on to the gold medal round against Finland. Um, this is considered probably the biggest upset in Olympic hockey history. Um, a lot and of excitement. now we'll go to curling. Yeah. Yeah. He's you know got, what? That, that happens sometimes. There's a crossover between certain football guys and guys who might do golf, right? Yeah, Pat but, but he always did you know, football. Always really he always did it back. with energy. Right. Like, it's just, this isn't because it's football. This is because he just is like, he gets paid a million dollars a game. Right. So he's phoning it in. I mean, the dude just doesn't care anymore. So it's really bad. But check it out. Um but for anyone else that just wants to watch the football game, maybe has a little action on it, I'm just telling you, there's only one real good place to go and get that action. And since the NFL season's going strong, DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's so like I said, drop a few bucks on uh, Carolina, maybe some on Chicago. I think Chicago was favored by uh, one and a half. I don't even remember. I didn't check my sports book, my uh, DraftKings sports book. Prop bets uh, in there if Al Michaels falls asleep? I think there is one for Al Michaels wow. to fall asleep. I would get in in that action. That sounds great. Yeah, I, I think he actually fell asleep last week. So <laughs> it, it, it probably doesn't pay much. But get in on game day greatness like Al Michaels and download, download the DraftKings Sports app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
In Connecticut, help is available from gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Blue Hill Casino and Resort Licensee Partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age marriage by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuing C sportsbook.draftking.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. Ah, That's pretty good. Yeah, I love reading that. It, it's great. It really is. So you know what fun. is also great? It's it's the holiday season. You know, it's the holiday season. The holidays it's, it's make me crazy, Dan. Well, one thing I don't like about the holidays uh, is, you know, the holiday shopping craze. I don't know about yeah. you guys. I it's am nuts. So, it's too hectic. I, I saw go to malls and deal with people and crowds. Well, I had the misfortune of going to a mall the other day, and I saw an old lady ran over uh, because By somebody's trying to get the best deal. Yeah, and I, I felt like it was my grandmother. But <laughs> anyway, it, I might have been the one. The one who got hit by a car? I, I was driving the bus. car. It was I, a bus. I probably shouldn't be admitting to this right now. <laughs> Because I didn't stop. I just kept going. I'm just saying the holiday season is fraught with danger. And it's a problem. If so you should you, stay inside. You should. And you know what? The other problem is these people are going out. You know why they're driving around so crazy? They don't know when those holiday sales are going to start. Right? They, they're they afraid they might have to wait all the way to Black Black Friday. What if they just started now? Well, guys, that's exactly what Ray Khan's done. They said in order to save lives out there, to stop those stampedes at Walmart, and other stupid behavior. They're offering their Black Friday sale right now. Right now. It's active. In fact, it was active yesterday. I'm sorry I didn't tell everybody yesterday. It's on right now. You should go there. You could shop Raycon products and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. And guys, you've heard me talk about Raycon before. Constantly. I never stop, really. And it's because, you know, I keep my Raycons in at all times and I think they might be telling me to do things but mostly it's because i like the product and i've tried other products i want to listen to something for like at least 30 hours straight you know uh, that's impossible it's i've had such a hard time with it i you know i put on 30 hours of white noise and the, the thing conks out after 28 hours 29 hours bullshit i can't go on like this so it, with my Raycons, they will last 32 hours. Get the 32 fuck out of here. full hours. Yes, I missed a day of work just to no, see. No, no, you got to be serious. <laughs> I'm serious. But no. you put your earbuds in, you keep them in yeah, every day? Them, by the way. Oh, all the time. All the time. I wear them everywhere. They're great. You know why? why? They're called everyday earbuds. Not just like some days, Tuesdays earbuds, Thursdays earbuds. These are everyday earbuds. You got to wear them every day. Maybe you don't have to. I like to. You're going to love it. Uh, you know, I like contact lenses for your ears. Yeah. And I did see this one little video of a woman who had like 40 pairs of, of contacts in her eye. The doctors had to pull out with tweezers and stuff. They lifted her eyelid in this video and they pulled out like tons of contact. And I'm wondering what's wrong with this woman? Does she think they just evaporate? Like, how did, did this she happen? think her eyes were getting worse and she had to keep doubling them up? Like, I mean, yeah, that she was trying to fix her prescription. You mean? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But they were like hanging out in the corner of her eye. I guess if she went to sleep, but they would like just hang out there. Well, you're not going to have a problem like that with your Raycons. That's for sure. These, wait, first of all, go wait, in your ear. And they're very a good fit. They're, no, they're not like going to get lost in your ear. It's, a, it's what we call a perfect fear. Perfect fit, you know. And you know, just when you think Raycon, you're on top of the earbud industry. There's nobody makes a better product. Where do you go from here? And they're like, oh, you want to know where we go from here? I have an idea. Guys, oh, do you do? Water filters? 
That is, yes, that's the one prong of their two-prong attack. Water filters. Let me tell you about that the water filter. succession. Well, it makes sense in some way. Uh, faucet filter is an ultra filter that filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals, not the music. That'll come through loud and clear in your Raycon earbuds, your everyday earbuds. But well, you don't want that heavy metal in your water. You really just don't want it. It's it's a foul taste. It, it's a must-have to have these water filters to ensure that the water you use is, you know, actually clean. They also make another product. Uh, by the way, that's from Raycon Home. Raycon PowerTech is, is now producing a five-star-reviewed Magic 180 cable, which Ooh. is just an amazing thing to consider. That's the product, Magic 180 cable. Uh, it allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, Type-C devices eight times faster with 100 watts of power delivery that's a lot of power guys 1.21 gigawatts it's enough to go back to the future absolutely it's been proven so raycon's known for developing all these great products and to get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early they're offering this 20 percent off everything on their site with select products up to 50 percent off right now beat those crowds and i don't mean physically beat them don't go down there with pipes and say this is an assault on american materialism you're all going to you know going down today and Don't Uncle Punker that. Dan told me to do it. Right. Instead, I'm telling you, beat the crowds by going around the crowds. Uh, buy your Raycons online. Do it now. Hurry now to Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. You know, wow. with that concise of a portfolio, I don't see how you can't go out and buy all three things right now. It just I seems mean, like it's all zipped up there for you. <laughs> one, it, one neat little I package. think they have like the modern day Ron Popeil working at Raycon or something. He's just got a new invention that he wants to share with his right. company. I love it. it you know, Raycon, it's a shower mate. <laughs> exactly. I wonder what they're going to come up with next. I can't wait for their next ad. I think it's probably going to be like a, a, a sombrero that you can drink beer out of and <laughs> oh, also holds sombrero. nachos. I love it. That's great. I, I feel like Homer Simpson might have invented that already somehow. I don't think but... there were beers. Okay. I just upped it. I made yeah, it better. I um, improved an I, existing invention. If this podcast doesn't work out, you should probably ask Raycon if they are hiring. I would love to go work for Raycon, and I keep my everyday earbuds in, drink my heavy metal-less water, and charge <laughs> my any device like that. Yeah, eight, eight times faster. Eight times. Eight yep. times faster. That's mm-hmm. a ridiculous times to be faster. I mean, think I'm about afraid, it. I'm afraid my phone's going to blow up at those speeds. But all right, right think about if you did everything in your life eight times faster than you normally do. Wow. The commercial that you just read would have only been 20 <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> I don't know how to get out of those things. <laughs> it's great. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> is, that the, is that the Raycon ad? Yeah. So, Oh my god, this is this is so depressing, though, man. Like this, this yes. fucking I, I hate it. Like we had the highest of expectations, and it's I just know. like I'm oh, just trying man, to keep the wheels positive because we, it feels horrible. But listen, we got a couple injuries. Teams coming back. They haven't hit their stride yet. We know they're capable of doing better than this on every level, and and they still have a winning record. So There's it's some just more silver lining, point, you know? Yeah, hey, silver yeah. linings, please. Let's okay. do our silver linings. Silver lining, number one. I mean, we're two wins separated from a Rangers team that is playing way better than us. Two wins so far, only 12 games in. That's a silver lining. You look at the last 10, stretch of 10. This is definitely a tough stretch for us. We're six and four. 
You know, it doesn't seem great because we have high expectations. It's this not six great. and four happens at any time during the year. It's just kind of hockey, right? Six out of six and four throughout the whole year is fifty wins alone. That's I think we're seven points. and four, and we're not even playing well. So there's some silver linings for you. Yeah, we're seven and four. No, I'm saying we're six and four in the last ten. Yeah, in the last ten. Oh, I see your point. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the great Lou Lamarillo once said he likes to look at the season in groups of ten. So I did that. Not eleven. He didn't say eleven. Not a, nope. No twelve. If he did, that would cover most of the. What did he do with the last two games? Was that its own? There were eight blocks of ten, and then did he just more whatever you want to start your ten? You know. Oh, so he still maybe started the ten in the second. So you're on day ten on the tenth game game of the season, but then like on your eleventh game, random games throughout the year. You're on day ten from the second game of the season. There's a million ways to look at you know glass half full kind of thing. That's what I'm going for right. That's your point, right, Bob? That's your silver. That's my point. That's my point. Dan, what's your silver lining? Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's mostly that, that as awful as this team has played at times, as horrible as, you know, when you look at, we're giving up, what'd you say it was eighth most goals in the league and just letting, or maybe more six most, most we're goals? six, six most goals. No, six well, you know, no, no, no goal, goals. goals yeah. Yeah. Well, we're 25th in, in goals against right now. So we're, we're bottom six, bottom seven. Yeah. It's horrible. Despite that. Which you I guess is top like, seven, depending on how you look at it. That's right. A team in that position <laughs> Goal, uh, yeah. should have at most five hundred. That's if their if their offense is doing something. Um, we're seven and four. We're significantly over five hundred. So that's what I'm saying. Despite this team playing pretty abysmally so far, not being able to put a whole game together, only getting close to playing an entire sixty minute game a few games ago and not even achieving that, they're still got a winning record. So there's a lot of reasons to uh, be hopeful that they can get this down and imagine what a dominant team they're going to be when they play a good team defense and have, you know, everybody contributing on a a normal level. I I would be a lot more uh, pessimistic and, and upset about this if we were out of a playoff spot right now, if we were, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, I'll say, you know, really like their, their, their fans are in true, paranoid you know uh, right. uh you That's know freaking out burn that right we're not seeing here my my silver lining i'm going to bring back to football um so so the vikings like the devils had uh high expectations this year maybe right. not so much amongst the national media but amongst people that were in the know of the viking you know the team and what they were doing we felt pretty good um we were zero and three and then we were one and four, and then we lost our best wide receiver in the league, and then we lost our quarterback for the season, and things just. And then about five weeks ago, they just started winning, and they haven't stopped. So yep. it's just they've bought in to the culture. They've bought into the fact that hey, everybody's going to have to work a little bit harder. Everybody's going to have to work for the guy standing next to you. And everybody's got to pull together as a team. And right now, they look like a very dangerous football team. Um, I know that we're going to have stretches where we're going to, you know, go, you know, maybe two and three in five games and stuff like that. I know that we're going to have rough stretches throughout the year. I also know that when this team figures it out, and I'm confident that they'll figure it out, Um. I don't know when they're going to figure it out, but I do know they will start rattling off wins. And when they come and when this team does get to form, they are going to be one of the best teams in the league. 
I'm just worried. I, I've always been a little bit nervous about Lindy Ruff, and you guys know this. Dan, I think you and I kind of feel the same way about this. Like, yeah. I just I don't have all the trust in the world in this guy. And, you know, now is the time where he has to really start coaching, earning his money, and getting these guys to buy into whatever system it is that we are going to play. What is our identity, Lindy? Who are we? Um, we can't just be the Jack Hughes team. Uh, you know, we got to be something more than that, especially if you want to compete for a Stanley Cup. Um, and I just want to start seeing it. No, yeah, that's very fair criticism. Definitely. I think he's still trying to get them to play to their original identity that they never really hit stride on this year. And now they got all these bumps in the way, which isn't making it any easier. So I don't think Lindy's going to say, all right, pump breaks. We're going to play a completely different style now for a few weeks till we get our guys back. I don't think that resonates well. I think he's still just trying to get them into that gear they had last year regardless of who is on the ice. Well, you brought up a good point. It's like, why is the team not have an identity before, uh, you know, before Nico and, and Jack go down? Because they didn't, you're right. They didn't even play to that level with those guys. We were winning, sure, because of those guys. Those those goals and points will uh, cover up a lot of sins. And uh, Nico always is underrated on his defensive side of his game. Uh, you know, but that that's still on on Lindy to some extent. And I, I think it's a valid criticism to go, okay, you know, as fans, I, I think it is too. We want to see him communicate to us that there's something in the work that he is aware of this problem, that he sees it this way. And I'm not sure that he does. I mean, have you heard a particular statement where you feel like Nico's on the same page as what you expect defensively from this team? I'm not sure. I really haven't. No, no. And, and I haven't. And, you know, it's, this team, like I said, last year, like whatever happened last year, whatever they bought into last year worked. Um, you know, is it just too and many Lindy new gets guys? gets all the credit for that. Too. Right. He did a great is job. It just too many new guys maybe that do have to figure themselves out. But at the same, you know, figure this, figure everything out, I guess. But I just think that, you know, when, when this team has a bad shift offensively, he is fucking throwing them in a the blender and changing everything up. He has kept the same defensive pairings all season. Like that that's, is, un, it's it's so unlike him. Why is it, this? It, it is. It, it's only the forwards that he messes around, and he doesn't. But if the defensive pairings aren't working right now, I mean, the only time that he has Luke up with Hamilton is when we're behind, and right. he shortens the bench and throws him out there to try and get some offense. And I understand that, but. You know, that's not why, a defensive move, though. That's yeah, a, that's not know, a defensive move. That's tapping your defense um, for extra offense. What does he think about the defense? What is his, What are his moves when it comes to defense? Can you point to any? Yeah, I mean, I think Marino has had one good game this year. Uh, I really hope he finds it. And like you said, Dan, they got to, you know, if they haven't done it already, they need to sit down with him and be like, dude, what, what is going on here? Yeah, like, I, this I feel is, like he has a story to tell. Of course, he shouldn't be talking yeah. to the media about it. But I feel like there's a reason. Things aren't working well for him. I think there's a system problem. I really do. I haven't put my finger on exactly what it is, but I think a guy like Marino is too intelligent and wants to win to produce the, what he's producing here without some kind of conflict in the system or lack thereof. Uh, I really do believe that if you could get the straight dope from him, he would, you know, I'm sure criticize himself to some extent as a player, but if he was going to be completely honest, and I don't expect him to, um, it, it, he would tell you that there's a system problem here or, yeah. or just to play devil's advocate, who'd he play with all of last year? Severson. No, no. 
Graves. Oh, I'm sorry, and Graves. Yeah, Graves. Yeah, missing uh, Graves is is an important thing. But I mean, was he the kind of guy who's like, I'm going to go up and Graves is going to cover for me? I yeah, and I think I they mean, had they had a really good system playing together. They knew they you know played well off each other. They knew where each other were. They would bail yeah. each other out. Each guy, and and is that a problem right now that he's more comfortable playing with? I, I mean, who's he been playing with? Luke Hughes. Well, um, yeah, ball. Yeah, it's ball. been Luke and Smith. Um, you know, is it just something about Ball's game that is taking Marino out of his That's game? It's saying. where like, I would it's... start. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I thought those two should be playing together. And, you know, you correctly pointed out Ball's not the problem. And I'm not suggesting he is. I'm just suggesting chemistry-wise. It just seems like I want to put Luke up with with him. And yeah. I mean, I, I what's wanna, the worst going to happen at this point? <laughs> put Segan Dollar and Smith together. Uh, I, I mean, if, if you're going to keep Smith in the lineup, make them your bottom pair and give them your least amount of minutes. And then Hamilton should be playing with um, Ball, and and Marino should be playing with Luke. I want to see that. You know, let's just you know maybe each one kind of has a more of a stay at home guy. The other one, except for the, the third pairing, which is more just two defensive guys, which is what you I need. don't know if it's going to work, but yeah. why haven't we seen it yet? That's yeah. a great idea to try it, right? I, I mean, Luke Hughes playing with John Marino, I think, makes a little bit of sense. And I loved everything I saw about Ball and Hamilton in the very short little sample that we saw them play last season. I think they were together a couple of shifts this year. But, you know, why the hell not? Like that's just I just I hate watching this team and then Lindy did it to us last year too and just make these head scratching moves that I don't understand. You know, it, it, this team did it with the way that they handled Akira Schmidt last year with just I didn't understand it. it didn't make sense. The defense being exactly the same. You know, like we all know the definition of fucking insanity, dude. It's not going to change. It's 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 been bad. So, you know, I don't understand what he thinks is going to change if you don't make the change. The pairings are a big problem. I totally agree with you. We've just seen some change there. I'm going to tell you that I don't think it's 100% enough because a lot of times when we're penned in our zone, I don't think we have a set play for which forward is supposed to come back and be the third defenseman in a, a situation like that. That's where we've seen I've seen us lacking a lot is that, that uh, forward is going to, you know, help dig out from a, a good forecheck because you always need that guy. He's going to be your forward who pitches in on defense more, more than the other two are just, you know, looking to break out. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I agree. There's just there's something about this team's identity right now that they just don't have one. Who are they? Um, you know, that's just what I, who are the New Jersey Devils? Yeah. Well, you know, what do you think about the upcoming game? Do you think there's a better shot tomorrow? <clears throat> I still do. I, I just I can't can't knock this Bobby team down. Not given can't knock not Bobby give, down. This there's a reason that all of us picked. You know, I'm joking about the scores we picked about the Avs game, but there's an actual reason we did that. If you could just I had go six, back three a few days ago, because you did call we this the way one. the team played, <laughs> <laughs> right? How the team played, how they looked like they were galvanizing around each other. They were going to play more team defense. We didn't just throw out numbers because we're huge fans and we just want to win. Okay, I might have done that, but we didn't all do that. Um, so a bump in the road, it could still be. I think that they're going to pull it together with the Capitals. I don't like the way they play against the Capitals most of the time. So it's kind of like a trap game, and last time they kicked our ass. They did so not I play st- very I still well think last time. I think they're going to come out hard. I still think they're going to win that game. I did have it down as a shutout, but you know, probably won't do that. But, but you're still going to go with a double win. A double win for sure. A, a, a – uh... Convincing win. Convincing win. 
So convincing win would be by two or more goals. At least no two one. with this team, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. Uh, two or more. Yeah. Two or more, not an empty netter is a convincing yeah, that's And I'll tell you that two-goal lead will not be a convincing lead for me as a fan going through this game. No, it wasn't last year either. That's the one yeah. thing I have to say that they had. They always that's had true. trouble holding leads. But yeah. uh, what do you think? I, I I don't feel good about this right now. I think it's very possible that they pull it together. Uh, but, you know, I can also see some room for some more confusion in the slide. Um, just it, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. Either I'm going to be very pleasantly surprised and, and Lindy and the team have done something different. Or I think what's unfortunately a little bit more likely is we're going to see a little bit of a repeat of what we saw against the Avs, a team that is just making too many defensive mistakes. I just don't see from where they're going to shore all that up in one game. That was a lot. It was the worst defensive game they played. So I uh, really, I'm, I'm fortunately thinking we're going to see a higher likelihood of that than what really needs to happen and can still happen, which is, you know, tighten up. Bobby, do you have our schedule uh, handy? Yes, I do. I got one too, yeah. We need to know. Uh, just uh, the week after when, when, who are we playing and when? So we got the Jets on Tuesday. Okay, so Penguins we play on- Friday and then we don't play again until Tuesday. So we're going to Winnipeg, yep. I'm guessing then. Okay. Yep. Uh, Penguins Thursday, Rangers on Saturday. Big week up. Yeah, yeah, it is a big week, especially with two divisional games in there. Um, yep. Uh, I I want to you know I'm how do I feel about tomorrow? I'd say I I I have to see it to believe it. Um, mm-hmm. If they're you know show me something, that's it. I, I want to see this team come out and play good. Am I confident that they're gonna? No, I'm not. I'm just not right now. Um, it's understandable. I, I guess be at home. Do you think they're going to play a little better being at home? After I don't know. They've been trip? a better road team this year. I mean, they yeah, only yeah, lost two games and, so far on the road. Right. And that um, last game was on the road. They only lost home, two so. at home too. Then um, maybe they're happy being home this time. I'm hoping. I don't know. And I, if Nico is back in the lineup tomorrow, I will feel a lot better. I, just to have that, um, you know, him coming back and that that up uplifting you know oh shit okay our captain's back let's go out and play our ass off for him and nico has a way of how hard he plays um the teams you know the guys around him usually he leads by example they'll they'll start playing you know a little bit tougher a little bit harder because they see him doing what he does and he's always had that ability so if he comes back i'll feel better about it but i i'm just i'm not feeling good like you said washington Last year we uh, we had Washington's number, but I mean f- this season and like the last ten before that they've kicked our ass. They've owned us. So you know I, I want to see it. I just want to see a good team defensive game. And you know, I'm not even worried about scoring anymore. You know I just uh, I'm not so concerned about that. I do feel that this team is able to score when it, you know when needed. Um, they got to just keep the puck out of the other out of their net. You know, I mean, they were hanging with Colorado playing poorly. They were hanging with Colorado for two periods. Um, and Who then you the want to see in that? Opened up. I mean, I mean, Schmidt only had, uh, four starts this year, you know, I know. that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like I normally I would say I want Schmidt in because I need to see more starts from him. Let's give him this game. But I'll be honest with you, I think they need a win right now. And I'm feeling stronger about a win coming out of Vanacek than Schmidt. And, you know, I, 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 I want to see them win um, and turn things away, you know, from a, a possible slide. 
So I'm yeah. kind of looking at it as a bigger game than it should be for just playing, you know, the Capitals at this point in the season it should not be a big game, but I kind of look at it as, as a pivotal game. And Schmidt did get pulled in the first period after the first period against Washington. That's the true. last time we played. So mm-hmm. I would probably go Vanacek, uh, maybe throw Schmidt in at Winnipeg and then you'd throw Vanacek in for the Penguins and the Rangers. Um, that Ranger game can be ugly. If we're playing like this, that Ranger game could be ugly. Yeah, I think uh, Devils fans really would appreciate their team getting it together before that because the Rangers have been playing a really good clip. And you say it could be ugly. Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, the Rangers playing a, a good team game like this can dismantle the Devils uh, yeah. right now. And yeah. That's something that, you know, we know nobody wants to see that, especially because it's not that you don't want to lose, but you get, you know you got a better team. You just got to get your shit together, guys. And like you just said, Bobby, two po- what are we, four points behind them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that game Saturday is a four point swing. You know that yeah. that that's how you have to look at it. It is a four point swing. You have to win that game on Saturday if you. Now I'm not going to say if you're even going to sniff the top of the Metropolitan Division because there's you know a whole lot of hockey left. But I just think too, like, kind of remind them who you are. You know what I mean? Like remind them that this is that last year wasn't a fluke in the playoffs. You're a better team than them. You haven't been playing it. But you are a better team than them, um, and they they got you know just just whatever has got to get done, whatever levers have to be pulled, man, fucking pull them. This team now, you know, twelve games in, now's the time to really start. You're starting to see separation as far as the teams that are really good and playing really good, the teams that are on the bottom, and there's oh, yeah. a couple in that muck, muddy middle that are just trying to figure it out. I don't think the devil. We thought the Devils were going to be in that muddy middle trying to figure it out. No, they, they definitely can pick this up. And unfortunately, it looks like through this whole stretch of games, through the Ranger game, we're not likely to have Jack Hughes back. And I think it's time to just forget about that fact and go, hey, Jack's going to be back when he's back. What does this team need to do that has nothing to do with Jack? Let's get that shit done. Yeah, Great. you know, it's going to be a tough week, too. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to play the Rangers. That could actually be a blessing for the team. To play them, especially if they win one or two, if they're just kind of meddling around 500 again, uh, it does bring out a different team. And I think that fear is a real thing, too, when you're going against some of these teams that you know want to kick your ass. You know the Rangers want revenge from last year. It's obvious how well they're playing. So the Devils do know that going in. And I think that's part of the way you step up your game. But more than anything, you know, anytime we play the Rangers, you're going to have that extra jump. So where's the game? Maybe that's going to help. That game is um, home. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Okay. So there'll be half Ranger fans there. Um, yeah. You know what? They want that game uh, on paper way more than we do. Yeah. And that could be dangerous because I hope, like Bobby said, they show they have a little fear about that. There's a, you got a good team coming in and they want revenge, but I get it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to come back on Saturday night. We're going to talk about hopefully, uh, you know, starting to talk a little optimism on Saturday after tomorrow's game. Maybe we start seeing this team moving in the right direction and we can get a little excited about it. Maybe they get, you know, their shit together a little bit by next Saturday where we're playing the Rangers because that really is the big game. But they got three more before that and you can't be looking towards next week. We can, but they can't. Got to take care of these three. So, Anybody else? Any guys have anything else you want to talk about tonight? That covers it for me. Good, man. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for checking us out, giving us a listen. We really appreciate the hell out of you guys. Um, wherever you're listening to us, a positive review, five-star review. Um, 
a positive, I mean, a comment, five-star review. It goes a long way. Help us promote the podcast. Uh, check us out, the YouTube channel. Give us a, uh, a like and a subscription. Uh, that's about it, man. For Dan, Bobby, Chris, uh, we're the Uncle Puckers, and we'll see you when we see you. Puck is out. Later. It's over, Jenny. It's over. Over.